Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Journey to Worthy Podcast. This is actually the very last episode of season one of Journey to Worthy Podcast. I want to take this time to send you a big thank you so much for tuning in week by week. I know that we've stretched out uh, an amazing season, and I just want to thank you so much for all of your feedback, for contributing, for all of my listeners, for all of the people that have been on the show. It's been an amazing journey of uh, sharing my journey with you and learning how to create this podcast and provide uh, some education, some stories to you, and maybe some inspiration. I really hope that you've got a lot out of it. This is one of my favorite episodes this week, so please tune in for the rest of this episode. What I've done is I've had my good friends, Michael and Peter. Peter was on the show before, and they've actually interviewed me this week. And I really hope you're going to enjoy it. I had such a great time doing it. And uh, they really asked some interesting questions that really uh, drove the vision for Journey to Worthy podcast and a little bit of talk about season two and what I'd like to see it turn into. But I really hope you're going to enjoy this episode. We talk about everything from the podcast to my coaching to what it's like to be a gay man, even uh, some of my personal routines on on how I've gotten as far as I have. And I just really think you're really going to enjoy it. And please stay tuned for a little bit of a, a cute blooper questions at the end of the episode. So enjoy the episode. And here it is with Peter, Michael, and myself. Okay. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Journey to Worthy podcast. I have two very special guests here with me today. So introducing my very good friend, Michael. Say hello, Michael. Hello. Hello. And I have Peter. Peter, you've all heard Peter again. So hi, guys. So we're doing something a little bit different this week. So this is my season finale, and I've got these guests here because I'm actually going to be the guest today. So I'm going to turn it over to Michael, and Michael is going to lead the interview today with me being the interviewee, if you will. And then Peter is here for support, and we're just going to open up a dialogue. It's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really so excited, excited about it. Yeah. It's it's nice to flip things up, and thank you so much for having me. It's uh, nice to interview you. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so too. And I, I, I notice that sometimes my favorite parts of this podcast are when I'm interacting just with people and it's not just me telling you a story, even though I love all my listeners and I love telling you sort of what I've been through and my experiences, but yeah, having people that I, you know, have a general great rapport with. So I just thought this would be a really good way to finish off the season to let you know what I've been up to. And yeah, so I'm going to Turn it over to you, boss. That's Michael, it's all you, baby. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an incredible journey. And I've certainly witnessed you over the last, what is it, about a year, year and a half now. I uh, remember meeting you through the program, going mm -hmm. to to groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, my story to recovery is a bit different than I than I think a bunch of us. I think ours is always, always going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, meeting you in a recovery group has been great mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of listening to your podcasts and as it's developed organically. Yeah, we kind of bonded like quickly over sort of the self-development mentality and self-development sort of movement, I guess. Right. I think all three of us really do. Yeah, it's interesting for me. My spiritual journey really started when I started getting sober. Mm -hmm. I think truly that you can only start doing that when you remove some of those toxins within you. Totally. I never went to AA or NA or any type of those recovery groups probably until a year and a half after. Mm -hmm. And I did it to to meet and connect with like-minded people. And one of those people are you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's 
you know, that's, I'm really glad that I did come to, to group because I needed to have that, that social connection. And it's interesting. I don't know if it was you that said it or myself, but I, it resonates and sticks with me that everything I was trying to find in a party scene, mm-hmm. it, I kind of found in group. Yeah. And it's about a, a community, you know, and people that you can rely on and people that you connect with on a personal level and you share the same struggles and you share the same victories. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just get straight into it. You've been interviewing a lot of people and I just wanted to start with what makes you happy? Mm. I, I feel like I question that a lot. I, I think that what I always wanted back before I started using drugs and drinking was about finding people that I a, connected with, you know, challenging myself and, and actually taking the risks because I spent so much of my childhood and my younger years just being so terrified of taking risks and doing anything. And I just always felt like I missed opportunities. And so what makes me happy now is probably it's around just doing the things that kind of freak me out, trying new things. I love trying new things. Even if I fall on my ass, like I talked about one episode was about surfing and trying something new. And so that makes me really happy is like doing all the things that I just, I thought I was never going to be able to do because I didn't think that I was, you know, coordinated enough or successful enough or talented enough. And now I just go out and try them, you know, and that makes me really happy. So you're pushing the envelope essentially as to what you think your parameters of action are. Yeah. Yeah. And just like being willing to try and know that I don't have to be perfect at something Mm because that perfectionism, that piece of me, it so gets in the way. Now, one of the new things it has been this podcast yeah, uh, yeah. that you started. Why don't we talk about that? What really first motivated you and what was going through your mind that brought you to starting this podcast? Mm-hmm. I um, I was going through, I've talked about this on the show, but I, I was going through a relationship that was, I just knew it was not a good fit for me. And I was staying and I was wondering what I was doing. Like, I don't know if you've had this where you're just like, I'm in the rhythms, I'm in this motion, and I know that it's probably not my best choice. And I was like Googling, why would someone stay in a relationship where they're not happy? And I was Googling the answers to life. And I felt like I was looking for someone to listen to that could give me the answers. And I didn't, I couldn't find them. And then I thought I laid awake one night before I was supposed to get up at 4.30 for work. And I laid up till midnight thinking like, oh my God, I want to start a podcast to be that voice for people. I want to be the voice of people like like me that feel like they make weird choices sometimes and are bumbling along through life and figuring it out through trial and error. Like I felt like I needed to, someone to relate to and there wasn't anyone around to do that. And I just felt like I had, I was compelled to do it. And I obsessed about it my whole trip while I was away uh, when I was in Din- Indonesia. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know if I can do this. And I met these amazing people. One woman was uh, Isla. She is, lives in Bali. And I met her and like she built me up. And I talked about the podcast. And she's like, you can do this. And I had this really bad name for it. And she she was like, just keep working on it. And she really just built me up. And the more I talked about it, and this is my journey through life, too. It's like my journey to worthy looks like I have to slowly, slowly build things up and slowly believe in myself and slowly dabble here and there and drop like ideas in people's laps and then, you know, get the feedback that says, maybe you should think about this thing. And instead of just running away and feeling like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. This is my journey to worthy. It's about, you know, the slow progression of taking little balanced steps and believing in myself. Now, I know I talk to a lot of other people that start podcasts and maintaining it takes a lot of work, time and energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What keeps you motivated? 
I try to make the show not necessarily just about me. And that was one of the lessons that I heard from one of the people I look up to, Lewis Howes. So he has a podcast called The School of Greatness. And whenever he talks about his interviews, he always says that he really wants to make it a win-win situation. And so what keeps me motivated is that I'm trying to present the, the audience, the listeners with something amazing about this person that I'm interviewing. You know, something like when, when I was interviewing you, Peter, about like your music and I'm trying to give you a spotlight, but I'm also trying to give the listeners some education around like how you did it, how you've overcome certain things, how you're moving forward. And so that's what motivates me is like, I want to present some education. I want, I love teaching. And so it's almost not even about me. Like this is a platform for me to grab some information from some people to deliver it to some other people. And that really makes me excited. Like it's not necessarily about me wanting to be in the spotlight. It's just about wanting to share an experience with people that they can feel like they can match. Wanting you know? to serve. That's, essentially. It's, it is. It's a part of my identity that I, I'm compelled to be a helper. And it does, it just, it keeps me motivated to keep moving and like, what else can I do? Like, what else can I learn about? And that's part of the podcast too. It's about learning about how to navigate relationships and then teaching people about it. Cause I'm in the middle of it myself, you know, and I need to dab, like dabble more into that as well. Now, looking back on uh, the, the, the season that you just finished producing, mm -hmm. are there any uh, particular highlights that you want to, you want to talk about, or have you felt that the, the season itself uh, lived up to your expectations? I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. Like I knew that I had, I was compelled to do it. And then it started taking on this new sort of progression of like different interesting interview subjects that I kind of hadn't really planned. And it moved away from me just like telling a story to again, presenting someone interesting about what they've experienced or what they're doing right now to try to educate the listeners. And so I think that it's yeah, it succeeded more than what I had imagined. And I felt I feel really comfortable now. Like now I'm just like, I was really nervous and intimidated in the beginning, because I felt like I was sort of really showing everything through this podcast. But now I feel I'm really, I'm excited just to be authentic. Like I know my strength is my vulnerability. And I've had so many people reach out to me saying that like, if it wasn't for me being so open and honest that they wouldn't feel like they could open up about what they're going through. And so it just sort of every time I have doubt, I get a message from someone that says, like, thank you for this. And it just sort of leads me and motivates me to keep going. Any highlights from the people that are listening to this podcast? And like, have you had any interaction that really, really uh, had an impact in your life? From my interviews themselves or just from the whole, the whole from, process? From the, from the people who are, who are listening. Any, anyone particularly yeah. reached out to you and, and made you feel like what you were doing was in alignment with uh, what you, you know, what your overarching goal was? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've had actually quite a few people that I just never imagined that would reach that far. Like I had someone from Toronto that was in his 60s that said that my talk about self-esteem and sex was like so impactful for him. And he was so impressed to hear more. And that led me to do an interview with someone in his age group, you know. And then I've also had some people reach out from Europe. And I'm like, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. And I've got people reach out, reaching out to me. Someone from, I think it was Thailand that read my research you know, on, on the impacts of online dating apps. So it's just, it's reached way further than I imagine. Yeah. It's really cool. What has been some of your biggest challenges in doing this podcast? 
definitely when it comes to working in my job like this, obviously this takes energy and time and I love doing it, but I have been affected by my job because my job on the train is so in depth. Like I'm away for four days, I'm 12 to 16 hour days. So finding that maintenance and like, I guess, maintaining my timeline and putting in the right time aside each week to make sure that everything's on top of my game. Well, why don't we just segue right into it? When you're not working on the podcast, mm. tell us a bit about what you are doing. Well, so that's changed a little bit over the last few months. I mean, so I, I fell in love with yoga. So that's been a huge part of my life lately. I've really found a, a place in a community in Vancouver in the sort of the yoga and spiritual community. That's part of my day-to-day thing right now. I'm dating someone new. (gasps) (laughs) You're hearing it first here, folks. Yeah, yeah. And so that's been kind of exciting, uh, really exciting. And you know when the world sort of puts someone in front of you, you're like, oh, I wouldn't have planned that, but that's really cool. And that's what's going on right now. It's like sometimes I end up meeting people that I'm like, wow, I really am so excited for this connection because I wouldn't have planned it for myself. And that's the way my higher power works in my life. Like I'm constantly shown a new experience that I was like, I would never have been able to choose that for myself. So I've been really enjoying getting to know someone we work together. So that's interesting. And there's an age difference. That's not my normal age difference. Like he's a younger guy. And that's really, it's actually really exciting. It's like awakening a new side of me. So I'm pretty excited about that. So we'll see. It's still new. And so we'll see where it goes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, sounds great. A little bit of love, a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that you were doing some coaching work, Mm -hmm. some education, educating yourself on coaching. Yeah. How is that working for you? Um, And are you actually coaching anyone else right now? So I had a client, I volunteer at the gay clinic here in Vancouver, the health initiative for men. So I went through the process of the training and I've had my first client and I got some amazing feedback that just happened. And so I'm really excited for the next one. Uh, it's been something so wonderful to feel like I have something to offer to just, you know, it's about creating space. It's not necessarily that I have all this wisdom or all the answers at all. That's not what I'm learning. That's not what coaching is about. It's about providing a space, asking the right questions to initiate new ideas and to challenge someone on their belief system. Because the thing is that I know most now, especially from this whole process, is that I can only imagine for my life stuff that's based on the way my mind already sees the world. That's why I need other people. I need new experiences to challenge the way I see the world because otherwise I, my, my belief for my future is very limited. I need to be exposed to many more people. I need people to ask me, you know, really hard questions for me to be able to be able to open up. And that's what I'm trying to do for other people through coaching is ask them questions that make them think, Oh, I had never thought of that. Like there's more to this life and what I want for my future. And that's been really cool. Would you say that this podcast is an extension of coaching? For sure. Yeah, I think that it sort of started taking that that path, I suppose, because some of the people that I've reached out to or the maybe the messages that I'm providing in the show are about overcoming things and challenging the way you see the world and starting to believe in yourself and shutting up that bully inside your head. That's really where the the podcast started was like this bully inside my head that tells me like, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. And so, yeah, training yourself to see beyond that and to quiet down that voice. 
Now, on the topic of podcasting, do you have any advice for anyone who's considering starting their own podcast? What have you learned through the process? Yeah, it has been quite a learning like curve. There's so much to learn when it comes to the technology, choosing the right like podcast host. But once you sort of get the the logistical pieces in tune, like it actually gets really easy. When it comes to editing sound, like I have someone that helps me with that. So I'm really grateful for that. But once you actually have, yeah, once you have your systems in place, it just is a few different memberships and having a website somewhere to post it. Uh, but it's actually way easier than I thought. And so the whole process, you know, start to finish each week can range anywhere between like once the interview is completed, it's like three to four hours. So it's actually not a lot of time, depending on sort of what planning and preparation goes into the interview and any research I need to do outside for questioning. But yeah, it's actually been pretty good. If anyone has questions, feel free to reach out to me. If you're, I've had a few people say they're interested in starting their own show. And so I can teach you what I've learned about like equipment and the online portion of it for sure. So moving forward, what kind of things can participants, your audience expect in the second season? Or will there be a second season? There definitely will be a second season. And that is why I'm uh, sort of doing like a season finale right now, because I really want to take I, I don't want to keep pushing out episodes week by week for the sake of putting out an episode. That's been something that's really important to me. I want to talk about, you know, really important issues and sort of hone in on what my direction will be going forward. And that will look like interviewing people around specific topics and being a little bit more precise comes to choosing what sort of topics I want to cover. So far this season has been around interviewing people that have overcome things and maybe how are you doing this? Like, how are you moving forward as an entrepreneur, as a musician, as a fitness coach, as a social worker, as a volunteer? That's been sort of season one. Season two, I think I'm going to try to get a little bit more deep into how do you really move forward emotionally? How do we as a society and a gay culture move forward? I think it's going to be a little a little deeper. So how do you manage to do that? I guess we'll see. That's going to be season two. <laughs> uh, now, we were talking about uh, creating the podcast and uh, a structure. Do you have a, a formula, uh, how you decide certain topics? How does it all come to you? Mm, it definitely, I, I did initially, like, so when I was away traveling, I had this huge document that I was creating day by day being inspired. And I still do that. I sort of jot down notes on like Google keep and my phone. And so all of these things that I'm reading, that I'm seeing, that I'm people I'm meeting, things I'm talking about, they all collect into this document that I break down and I organize into specific topics. And so I covered, uh, I covered a few of them in the first season, but again, like honing in like which one. I really want to dive deeper into in season two will be something that I'll have to uh, resonate on, I think, for a little while. But yeah, so finding those things, what sort of strikes me as most important that week or suddenly I felt like people were just sort of dropping into my life or being presented to me as like, oh, this is per you're the perfect person to talk to about this, you know, and it just sort of happened organically like this universal gift, you know, and like not coincidence, but like this was meant to be right now. I'm supposed to meet you to talk about this. And following that flow, that's been what's been going on. Now, June is Pride Month, and we're coming to the end of that. Uh, on the topic of being gay, what does it mean to you? I think we have it really easy these days. I think that people don't understand maybe where we've come from. I think that the, the ages, the age groups are having a disconnect between like where we've really come from when it comes to the history of gay rights. And moving forward, I think that... 
Uh, there's just still a lot, a lot to be done. Like I'm a very privileged white male in Canada as a gay man in a very metrosexual, you know, metropolitan city of Vancouver. Like I'm, and I'm aware of that. And I think some people maybe aren't aware of that. Talking to Chad Walters, who is on one of my episodes about like the work that they're doing, you know, abroad in other countries and having people that are wanting to seek refuge in Canada because it's not legally allowed to be who they are like things like that i think that people don't often think about how how really lucky we are here in north america so i think that being a gay man means that i have a bit of a responsibility depending on where i live to help other people like we're all connected right like i really believe that we are one and i feel like i need there's work to be done and i feel like i have to take a step up and not just you know, go beyond just being happy and proud and out during Pride Month. Like, I also want to do stuff that helps communities move forward, I guess. What are the biggest struggles you see in the queer community today? I think that trans visibility is still something that's only just beginning to unfold. I think that's definitely part of the queer community. I mean, Peter, you and I went to see the, the I Am Not a Girl and to imagine the experience of someone going through a full transition and the stigma that's attached to that. So like being a gay man growing up, like that was hard enough, but to try to imagine what it's like to not feel like you're the right gender. I think that there's so much more again, when it comes to just visibility and, you know, people accepting people just for who they are. I feel like that's one of the biggest issues. Like we're so clicky still we're segregated in these different sort of communities, like the bears, the twinks, the, the trans, like, I, I think if there's some way for our queer community to try to reconnect together, maybe that's one of the biggest issues. Now, Toronto Pride Parade just ended, and I believe it was the first parade they had with police without uniforms. Mm. And that certainly was uh, ignited from Black Lives Matter. Do you think racism is still an issue in in the queer community? Based on some of the things that I've seen in social media, like I definitely think it does. Like we've had recently some of the RuPaul queens reach out about, you know, making a statement about how they've had a bad experience like even online just having like people you know hate mail them and and i thought like i live in a world where that's not part of my understanding of what it means maybe it's just being here in vancouver like maybe it's based on the population here but i don't i don't see it in front of me but i hear people experiencing terrible discrimination and i so i i guess like people aren't speaking up enough against it still what does change mean to you and how do you affect change? Finding a place where I can contribute. So this podcast is one, but also just reaching out to a community. So I really like working with the, the gay clinic here because there's a lot of people that are only just starting to access support and services that I didn't even know needed support. Like I can go along in my life and just sort of enjoy my life being this gay man, but I feel like I have a responsibility now to be engaged in some way and whether that just means like volunteering to you know contribute in some way to you know one of your community organizations or whether it's like creating some huge campaign it doesn't matter as long as you're engaged with your community because again there's so much work that needs to be done i already see how you have overcome things in your life and know that you have a vision to impact and encourage others 
tell the audience about the most important moment in your life so far. There's a few. I guess I've talked a little bit about my addiction on the show, but I was thinking about sort of what are the biggest moments in my life? And one of them was being 19 years old in a prison cell, not sure when I was going to get out of prison because I was messed up on drugs and, you know, engaged with the wrong group of friends, thinking that I was just doomed to this addict life. And crying on the phone with one of my friends and imagining like, okay, where's my life going to go? You know, and I lucked out with having the judge say, you can go to recovery. And so I did. I went to a recovery house. So that was a big moment. And then I led that led me forward through my 20s being sober. And then something happened, you know, in in my late 20s where I wanted to try it again. And so at 30 years old, maybe this is a big moment. It's it's not really significant you know, nothing terrible happened, but I was partying really hard again in my late twenties. And then at 30 years old, I looked at my life and it was a moment of like, wow, I'm in this pattern. I'm in this cycle. And I think that everyone has that. I feel like sometimes we just wake up one day and we're like, oh no, I'm here again. And that was a moment where I realized like, you better get your shit together. Like you need to pick yourself up and do something because you had plans, you had dreams, you had goals. And so that moment was another big significant moment because I realized like, hey, you actually want something for your life and you're not going to get it doing this. So wake the hell up. And mm. then the third one was the podcast was being in pain and feeling like, what am I doing? You know, again, like, what do I want for my life? And I think that a lot of people maybe overlook that, like you just sort of end up accepting things the way they are. That's the one thing that I, I've learned to not do is like, I need to look at my life, evaluate what, what is going on, what I wanted, the original plan. Mm -hmm. And like, is it congruent with where, where I'm going? No. Okay. If it's not, what am I going to do about it? Pick yourself up. You're responsible for your happiness. It seems like pain is a big driver for you when it comes to ch making changes. Uh, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I yeah. wait until it's really uncomfortable and then I make a change. <laughs> But I think, you know, as, you know, people who are in recovery, sometimes we have a high pain threshold uh -huh. and we need that, you know, that simmering moment where eventually we're like that boiling point where we're, where we're just like not even gotta tolerant move. of this and we got to move and we got to move, move forward. Yeah, totally. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. Jeremy. Yes. What? is your biggest fear in life right now? Right now? It's heavy. <laughs> My biggest fear in life right now is not showing up for myself because I have a tendency to not follow through. And I have a lot of dreams and a lot of ideas. And this is one of the things I'm guilty of. It's like I go to school and I'm studying criminology and think I'm going to be a cop. And then all of a sudden something sways me. And then, so the podcast, this is great. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm making a bit of a splash, you know, and making a difference. And I just don't want to lose steam because I get distracted easily by the next best thing. Right now, I think I want to be a coach and I'm afraid like tomorrow I'll want to be who knows. And so that finding that, like having that direction and holding on to that, like right now, I feel like I really do know what I want to do, but it's different from what I planned originally. <laughs> And part of me is like, I have this, you know, a student loan, this original plan during my education, and I'm not following that right now. I'm following my heart and following my passion and my desire and losing steam. I'm afraid of that. So how do you stay on track? Because I think this is a, 
it's a good illustrator of what many people deal mm-hmm. with. You know, mm-hmm. like even not to make it, you know, this about me, but uh, even in my own life, you know, I start and stop things all the time. Yeah. Meditation, working out. It's a common issue. Yeah. Uh, how do you stay motivated in that, in that regard? You know, knowing, knowing that this is part of your character, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do you keep yourself motivated to continue the work that you want to be doing? I was listening to a podcast this morning, again, Lewis Howe, School of Greatness. He was talking about human psychology. And so the episode actually has a bunch of different episodes blended into one. And part of it is knowing your environment and knowing about myself that I am this person that gets distracted. I need to have some other people. Like there's like a few different types of people and you need to have the other types because if you're just a whole bunch of dreamers that are getting pulled this way and distracted this way, you're never going to get anywhere. So I need some concrete people in my life. And especially when it comes to maybe romance, like I need the right person. I need the right environment to help me grow and help me stay focused. Um, because by myself, I'm not actually going to be very successful. This is another thing I've learned. Like I, I am, I'm where I am because of community of people. I'm sober because of my community of people. I got this far in school because of my people, like their support, my cheerleaders, I guess I call them. And if I don't have those, then I won't keep progressing. And I need those people to challenge me and to, you know, challenge me to stay on track, but also challenge me to dream bigger. So they're not only a motivator for you, but they're pretty much, uh, they create meaning for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So having the right people, because also being that dreamer that, you know, being distracted here and there sometimes can lead me to being distracted by the wrong people and the wrong things. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot about personal development and you've come so far. Uh, what routines or daily practices have helped you the most? And uh, what would you suggest the audience consider doing to improve the quality of their well-being and over sense of stability and contentment and happiness? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to like the two areas, I guess three areas. So one for me is, is learning and, you know, always being open to new knowledge. So reading, I read a lot of self-help books. I'm kind of a self-help junkie, I guess you could say. So that part's good. Being educated, educating myself, going to speaking events and learning about what else is happening out there, what other people are doing. So that's one. Two is my physical well-being. And maybe it's not physical for everyone. Like maybe it's not the gym. Maybe it's not yoga like I love right now. But finding something you love doing that you excel in that you're learning how to do better. Like I, I really got into kiteboarding last year and I'm going to continue that. So having like a hobby, whether it's some kind of physical activity or maybe it's art, maybe it's singing, something where you feel good about yourself because you need to feel like you're winning at life sometimes in order for other areas to not seem so hard. You have to be, you have to have winning moments. And so right now I feel like I'm mastering handstands and I'm winning at handstands, but that makes me feel good for that part of my day. And then the third thing is finding time to slow down and to be quiet because I'm a go, 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 drink a million coffees, run a marathon, like do all the things. Yes, yes, yes to everybody. Um, and if I don't take the time to slow down and find peace and I guess meditate, like I've, when I'm actually regularly meditating, like answers come that I wouldn't have thought for myself. Like there's that inner, inner guide as Gabby Bernstein calls the ing or you know like for me it's like my inner yogi or my intuition if I can tap into that by just finding time to be quiet things go better so those are kind of the three areas that I try to put a focus on in maintaining on a weekly basis 
Now, you could have already answered this, but what part of your ideal self, the vision of your life, have you not manifested into reality yet? And what's it going to take for you to get there? More dedication and hard work when it comes to planning and preparing what I want in the future. So for example, I'd love to share my story on a, on a larger scale. And so preparing, I already need to start preparing what I want to be saying at the talk that I'm going to give that I haven't been hired for yet. I know that that kind of effort and being ready for things that are, are coming my way. Like I know that I think you and I talked about that when it comes to music, right? Like you don't know where it's going to be happening, but you're putting the effort in, you're learning about how to market yourself. And so that's what I've been trying to focus on is like putting more hours in, even with my interviews, like spending more time. I love writing the blog posts. And if everyone's listening to the show and you haven't actually checked out each post that I put up for each episode, like I love creating those because it, it's, um, it's like writing a little bit mini paper and I do research and I connect like resources for, for all of you. So please check out those if you haven't already, but spending that time, spending extra time, making the time to put in the effort. That's what I think is important. Throughout this journey, what do you think you've learned the most? You don't know what you're capable of acclimatizing to until you get there. Right now, I'm at the end of season one of Journey to Worthy podcast. Before I started it in September, I didn't even think I could do a podcast. And here I am at the end of season one. You know, and I think that constantly I show up at the moment where I look back and I think, wow, I just did that. You know, last year I graduated university. Wow, I just did that. And at the beginning, I was like, I'm never going to get through this. It's too hard. My grades are suffering. You know, and I keep getting to that moment. This year I was pardoned for my criminal record just a couple of weeks ago. And 10 years ago, when it was stopping me from getting jobs, I thought this, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get to a place of freedom. And here I am looking back and thinking, wow. And so I just know that every time my mind says, you're not going to be able to do that. You're never going to get there. I have got there time and time again. My life has shown me like you can get through this. And so I just, I can't wait till, till the next thing where I look back and I think, wow, I just did that. Uh, but believing in myself in that moment, that's, that's the difficult part. And that is why I need people. I need to spew out the darkness in my mind to my friends like you guys, because you will be like, oh, but look what you just did. You're going to get through this. Having people to rely on, to lean on. That's really, really important to me. If you had to go tomorrow and your time was up, what would you want the next generation of young people in the queer community to know? What would you say to them? Hmm. I've asked that question on lots of episodes and I know. And that's why I'm asking you. I know. It's great. I, I would say, especially to those people that are listening, that life is hard and it's scary sometimes. And maybe you don't have a community of people that you're not alone. That's my biggest message to the listeners in the show I have spent so much time of my life in darkness and depression and anxiety and not knowing how to get out of it and knowing that you're not alone. That's, that's what I've learned. That's what I continue to learn and having the, the faith now that like I will get through things. I have dark moments, dark days. And if you just reach out, just hold on a little longer, things will get easier. That's, and the thing is too, like once you have it, and you've had a taste of success and freedom and contentment, share that with people and celebrate more, 
celebrate more victories. We're always just striving so hard for what we don't have yet. And we forget to just look at what we do have and to succeed is not necessarily to get somewhere. It's about the journey. It's about finding fulfillment in what's right now. Like I don't have the career and the money that I want yet, but I'm doing this cool podcast. I'm sitting here with you guys. Like I've learned about myself through this whole process. And so my message is, I guess, to the young queer people, like the whole journey of life is just about figuring out who you are and questioning who you are and saying, is this who I am? Because maybe I don't like this behavior anymore. That, that process should be what life's about. And we just get so hung up on when I get this, I'll be happy. If I have those shoes, <laughs> I'll be happy when I have that house and car and career. And you can't take any of that shit with you. I think you answered my next question, but I will ask it again if the, just to see if there's anything else that you wanted to add. But um, the, what is the overall takeaway message from this podcast for all people, not just the queer community? Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're capable of until you just go out and try. And you're not alone because so many people have done it before you. If I didn't have, if I didn't have my blunders and my failures as experience, I wouldn't get to where I am today. And so don't be afraid to fall. You know, that's oh, such a, such a big message for me to, to share. It's like I fall all the time and now I, now I know that all those dead ends and those hard moments, they, they redirect you. They recalculate your life a little bit and they show you where you're supposed to go next. And so don't be afraid of looking like an idiot, falling down on your face and thinking that it's all over because it can only get better. And that really resonates with me because there was a lot of fear in my own recovery. Mm. Had I not picked up that phone yeah. and asked for help, have I not walked into that room mm -hmm. that meeting i wouldn't have met you i wouldn't have bumped into you peter side sidebar peter and yeah. i've known each other since high school oh yeah we went to a topical school of the arts mm -hmm. uh i was in grade 11 i think i was 17 years old we lived in vancouver for years after toronto and we only recently bumped into each other um, because community. because we've all had um, the courage to to go out there and challenge ourselves, and I think we've all surprised ourselves what we are mm. able of doing. Uh, so I think your message is really beautiful. What would today's self say to say twelve year old Jeremy? Oh, I like that one. Oh. Uh, that little guy was so scared of the world and was always, always spending time alone, thinking that the only way out was to become a rich, famous actor. And then my life would be marvelous. <laughs> uh, if I could like look at him, oh man, it was so hard. I would say you just need to bear down and get through this and it's going to be so much better. I grew up in this tiny little country town and it was... I was fat and I was gay and I had some friends turn against me and it was really lonely and I was really sad all the time. And I was a bedwetter till I was like 12 years old. And I just thought I was so embarrassed for myself. Every day I was embarrassed. And if I could just look at that, Jeremy, and say, all of that will make sense later. Like you had to go through that. You have to be that person. You have to be that sensitive guy because it's going to be your biggest strength later in your life. So just embrace it. Bear down, hold on, 
don't give up because now you'll have a message to share with people in the future that it's okay if it's not easy because you can get through anything. And I think that message is really beautiful. I remember being young myself and coming from a very invalidating environment mm. and not feeling very loved and accepted. So I thought that the answer was to get rich and famous. Yeah. And then that way that would fill the void. Yeah. But that is a really um, unrealistic and not sustainable way. I mean, we see people all the time who do reach fame and riches and they, get nowhere. See, they go, you know, yeah. it's, it's still not good enough. Because you're placing conditions, right? Yeah. Conditions on your level of self-acceptance. If I get to this level, I'll accept myself. Yeah. And I'll finally be okay. Yeah. And that those ideals can weigh you down quite a bit, right? We often see people striving for these ideals and saying, oh, they have ambition, you know? But sometimes it's that very idea that prevents one from having an enjoyable present. Because mm -hmm. you're always foregoing the present in order to you know, achieve this ideal, right? And Peter introduces this last question really well, which is, what is your vision for life? And what is guiding you forward? I know that I have to, I have to just be that scared guy sometimes and just be my authentic self and just show people that because it is my biggest strength. And what's guiding me forward is knowing that I'm supposed to share something. I don't always know what it is, but I have this platform now and I'm really grateful for it because I feel like I have, I have something to say and I was always too afraid to share it. And now I can. And now I know I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be a teacher and a helper in summary of my life. And I love to promote people and build them up. And I know that that's going to continue. Uh, it's going to grow. It's going to keep moving forward. I don't know how exactly yet or what it's going to look like, but I know it. I just feel it. This is the one thing in my life. You know when people say like, oh, I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I always knew I wanted to be a singer. I never had that. I'm 33 years old now, and I never knew what, what I felt like I had to do. This podcast and this role in my life now, this is the first time in my life I felt like I have to do this. I have to be this. I have to show this to people. And it's it's been scary because I've been really honest about who I am on the show. And it's a little intimidating to know that there's people in the world that I don't even really know that are hearing about my whole life. But I feel like I have to do it. Because it'll show people out there, like, it's okay. You can be a two. So that's what's driving me. Jeremy, it's been such a pleasure. I am honored you invited me here today thank to do you. this. Uh, you've been a great friend to me. I just want to say thank you and thank you for sharing your light. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. I knew that this was going to be a great experience. All of you. Thank you, Peter and Michael. Yeah. Cheers. There you have it, folks. So this is the season one finale episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you again to my good friends, Michael and Peter, for providing an amazing interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did uh, being part of that. And uh, tune in and check me out on my social media, on the Journey to Worthy Facebook page, uh, and also on the Journey to Jeremy Instagram page to uh, keep following me over the summer. And we are going to be coming back strong with season two. And I'm just going to end this episode with some uh, cute questions and sort of blooper reel uh, from this interview. So please enjoy and we'll see you very soon. Jeremy, boxers or briefs? Oh, briefs. Tight. I like to be hugged all day. Top 
or bottom? That is a flexible answer currently. <laughs> Verse, baby. Yeah, who knew? Verse, versatile. I used to think I Versace. was. Versace. Versace. <laughs> Versace. I have to go Versace. pee. Marley Versailles. I'm leaving the studio to go pee. Okay. Bye. Why don't we Bye, call Felicia. It a, why don't we call it a wrap? We'll call it a wrap. 